Perfect. Mm. I've only been uh, participating in unsuccessful podcasts for a decade. Uh, it's all good. We're, we're doing we're doing good things. You can, hey, this one has made some amount of money, so you can say that this one is successful. <laughs> well, whenever I get that Zillowed over to me, or not Zillow, that's a Zillow. <laughs> Isn't Zillow. that Zillow. isn't that like That's a real estate a housing thing? Uh, yeah. Whenever I send you an apartment, over, yeah. then we'll be good to go. I guess yeah. you silly bitch. Hey, whenever I can buy a house is when I'm really feeling like this is successful. If that's what it means to be successful, then I will probably never be successful. <laughs> no, I, I intend on dying unsuccessful. It's fine. There you go. Perfect. I've come to terms with it. Yeah, as have we all. Um, welcome to Hardly Know Her. Uh, I'm Turtle Pig. Uh, sure I've got Zelestia and Slurp Twerp with us as always. How are you two doing? Thumbs up. They're doing a thumbs up for those of you guys that aren't on the Patreon and can't see that. They're doing a thumbs up. Um, and we we have a guest with us today. We have uh hollow 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 sloth hollow. I I, I asked you beforehand and then I just said fuck it and <laughs> threw can, it all you out. You can drop the sloth part. <laughs> you can drop the sloth. No sloth, yeah. just hollow. Hello, yeah, uh, just for this context. You... Perfect. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good tonight. I mean, good. it is 10 p.m. in my time, so I'm a little tired, but doing good. Good. Excellent. Excellent. I like um, dang, we all Thank over you. the place. It's actually time. a onesie. It's a onesie. Okay. Oh, that's yeah. excellent. Yeah, they're super comfy. Yeah, imaginably. Um, excellent. Well, uh. Sal, you kind of set this one. I I was a little bit more hands off on 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 setting this one up. So can you uh can you and and Hollow maybe talk a little I'm bit about learning uh, what, what as we're we go? About? Yeah, it's okay. It's not like I posted the entire topic a couple of weeks ago or anything. Oh, you had any time to look I at saw it? it. It's fine, yeah. but you were more it's involved totally in this. Um, so, but yeah, to be um, fair, if it was a few weeks ago. I've. Uh lived a lot of life since then it's fine it's fine it's fine cheers i love you all cheers i don't have a drink in front of me here's a candle do not I drink really that, that have, you seen, have you seen the tiktok of the person that was so high that they were uh they were just dipping their finger into a candle and eating it because they thought it was uh peanut butter oh god no well, anyways, that was a thing. You're welcome. All right, go on. Yeah, that's awful. Anyway, I met Hollow well a while ago. Um, we were we've been mutuals for a bit, at the very least. We've mutuals for a bit, but we only just recently started talking. Uh, a couple, well, a couple of weeks ago, about a month ago, maybe. Uh, now we are both Indigenous queers, which is lovely. Um, you don't find a lot of uh, indigeneity on Twitch. Um. It's definitely hard to find other indigenous streamers, content creators, etc. Um, so it's always really cool, not only when you find another person uh, who is indigenous, but like when you can connect with them on on one or more levels, obviously. Um, and so one of the things that immediately we connected on was um, sexuality and how it's just really important to talk about sex to have conversations about it, to remove stigmas from from sex. Anyway, Hollow, go on about like what you do then. Uh, I've been working in sexual reproductive health and just the realm of sexuality for the last decade. Um, some of the work that I've done, I've been able to do a bit of work at Planned Parenthood. Uh, I almost doxed myself. I almost doxed myself. <laughs> I almost came the city. 
I almost gave the city. I've worked at a Planned Parenthood. Um, I've worked with a couple of like national indigenous um, LGBTQIA plus slash like sexual health organizations. Um, I've generally been uh, involved in Canada, particularly for with a few of the national like. Um, I'm trying to. I'm trying not to dox myself. Sorry, I'm so sorry. This is so. I'm just like, don't say the organization. Well, you're you're yeah, so, so good. Uh, so I've I've worked with a handful of organizations locally as well as nationally, um, and one internationally, um, focusing on um gender and sexuality, but the sexuality in the sense that, uh, we're talking about se- uh, sexual health, but as well as talking about um sexuality as a um expression of uh, of how we talk about sex uh because one of the things i think that it's important to note is sexuality is a spectrum as well so um oftentimes when i say that a lot of people tend to kind of default to whatever their own feelings um of that is so i always make a bit of a a clarification because a lot of folks don't know that it can actually mean multiple things but yeah sexual health um and just doing a lot of really cool things throughout uh the past 10 years also being able to integrate um conversations of um sexual health like and art and finding ways to make uh talking about sexual health more accessible to indigenous folks um and and using art as a way to have that conversation too um i find there's not an indigenous person that i know who isn't creative in some sense so really kind of rooting um I guess, like our shared experience of creativity to talk about something that could be difficult. Um, but yeah, I've been able to do a lot of really cool things um, around like creating um, or like trying out different um, educational um, methodologies as well as pedagogies of being able to also bring indigenous ways of learning and Western ways of learning and finding ways to talk about sexual health through that uh, which I can explain more when we talk more about this it's so hard not to dox myself I'm so sorry no you're fine you definitely trust me like, I get it you have to dance around it a lot and add like a lot of different words because you can't say exactly where and what it is that you do but you did a really good job at explaining that um you've done a really like a lot of really cool things and I'm really excited to have you here um to talk about fucking everything which is just cool that's cool yeah anything and everything i've literally done a lot of stuff but uh, i think i the areas that i do want to think about is like ways in which we can be creative and find ways to talk about sexual health as well as sexuality i think that's like the big thing that i want to focus on um when we're having conversations um because i definitely think that's a way that indigenous people tend to learn and take in information is actually through creativity so being able to focus on on that um so are there any projects that you've done um in the past that have focused on creativity and speaking about sexual health or having any sort of mix of that in the past or is it something you're still like brainstorming on oh no i've definitely uh i actually was able a couple of years ago and it's probably more than a couple now um, I was able to be a part of this really awesome art show uh, that brought a lot of um, folks internationally who people and particularly indigenous folks who focus in sexuality and art 
um, and be able to do a show with them, like an art show. It was probably the coolest thing. And I don't care about giving the name. It was called Decolonial Love. Um, and it brought folks from New Zealand. It brought people from the United States. It brought folks like throughout Canada um, and, and really just brought every person you can think of who is doing art in sexuality because it's a tight-knit group of people who do this kind of work. And when you start working in this area, you start to kind of meet all of the other folks who are doing um, like Indigenous-based like sexual health art. So um, it was really awesome to like get together with a group of other like Indigenous folks doing this work and kind of talking about what led us to that kind of work. And a lot of it always went to, um, I guess, like the lack of accessibility um, in our communities mm -hmm. to talking about um, sexual health. Um, and how there's a lot of stigma and there's a lot of shame that exists there and trying to understand more about like why that is. And for me, because I'm have particular interests within history, um, I really try to focus on history as means to understand why things are the way that they are presently. Um, while others purely just like create these really awesome, like beaded, like, um, like the the hoods that we see in BDSM like beaded hoods um and just really other, like other really awesome like pieces that that are like yeah this is something that in my community not my community but in this person's community um it was like a type of mask that had like a penis on it um and it was a means to kind of like and I'm I'm kind of bastardizing it a bit because it's not my community but but a ways to um kind of create a space of shame if someone had done something wrong in that space uh, that right. caused a significant amount of harm in that community and being accountable to that is like wearing this mask in that community so right. people know that you did something wrong so like things like a that. scarlet letter kind of situation right like, yeah. You know, like, yeah. yeah 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 quite literally um and it was really cool to kind of explore not only did other indigenous communities kind of how they experimented and saw gender and sexuality but also to see people's like modern day perceptions of what that looks like so for myself like I try to do like a lot of like paintings particularly um around like indigenizing so like sometimes we see I have my own version of how I do it but there's like I'm Soto and I'm Cree, so um, Anishinaabe um, from the Plains. So we have a very particular art style that we have there. So I try mm -hmm. to find ways to like kind of create things that we see in sexual health, like in 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 that same kind of art style. So I've done one on like a diva cup, a tampon, uh, a butt plug, um, a Hitachi. So like the old school, yeah. yeah. Um, sorry to interrupt you really yeah. quick, but I know you've sent me a, a couple of these. Would it be right if I sent like some of this to like the group chat, even if we don't share it? Like, yeah, yeah, group, of course, yeah, yeah. So for I sure. can show them like some yeah, of the yeah. stuff that of you've course. done. Um, like, yeah, obviously, if you're comfortable with anything, yeah, more yeah than go ahead. That, but yeah, no, for sure. Um, but yeah, like ways, like I think for me, like the ways, um, that I want to be able to kind of like I guess make that conversation um of sexual sexuality and you know things that are really common in 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 our spaces but yet hold a lot of shame um is is finding ways to like 
almost make them in a creative sense so it gets people to think about it but not actually think about that thing and with that same level of shame that people would typically Mm -hmm. have so like that's why I think art is such a great tool to be able to talk more and like kind of evolve and um and have conversations of like sexual health and I've been lucky to be a part of a couple of organizations that are like indigenous youth led um where if we're going to talk about sexual health um we're going to do this like activity like called beaded condoms so we basically just like bead condoms which is personally I'm like very textile and I do not like when my hands feel greasy so I don't like it but it's really yeah like it, it it's it's really fun to do with like a group of young people um, maybe invest in some unlubricated yeah ones. unlubricated for sure because <laughs> like I definitely did not enjoy that but that's just like my personal uh opinion yeah, but no, it was really that. cool to yeah it was good it was really nice to like see like young folks come together and doing some creative and being and using their hands as well and being able to talk about like sexual health absolutely from uh and again i'm an outsider completely from from an from an artist point of view on 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 the paintings that you had sent over you discussed the the tampon the butt plug and the uh and the hitachi wand uh i noticed that there's some color choices that you made on a couple of them uh and and the blue for the hitachi i was i was curious was there was there like a reasoning behind behind that or was it um or 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 was it like just an aesthetic kind of idea or what what was the idea with it? it it was definitely aesthetic for sure and i think too like a lot of the branding around hitachi is like blue um in the original toy so trying to like use as much as the color scheme as i possibly can like with that so that it's easier for people to guess like what it is like in that space so uh that's pretty much why why i would do it that way very cool awesome um there was something that you mentioned earlier that i was curious about you you mentioned how uh you know in in some of the upbringing in different indigenous groups there's uh you know like a lot of a lot of stigma about you know discussing sexuality sexual health and things like that is that like uh an issue of the indigenous cultures as they are was it more from like some of the colonial i suppose culture that was imposed upon it definitely the colonial cultures that were imposed upon us I often talk about like residential schools and before it was it definitely before like residential schools, but residential schools, Indian day schools, um, as well as the 60s scoop. Um, and these things I'm speaking within a Canadian context because that's where I am. Um, but these are particular the, the catalysts that I see that really started to shift our understanding of like gender and sexuality. Um, I definitely know um, through like exploration of history um, and also just like listening to the stories of folks who have been in these like oppressive systems and and also like my parents being a part of those systems like uh, the ways in which they express and talk about like sex and sexuality too like has definitely been I've been a product of that um, and I'm only one generation removed from um, things like residential school as well so one of the things that I've like realized is that um, because there's a, particularly within um, residential schools, um, there was a lot of um, same sex violence that happened. Um, I understand that because of that, um, in present day, the ways in which people think about uh, and talk about sex would be an influence of um, kind of those experiences that a lot of like 
young and kids like indigenous kids experienced um as well as when you're taking the language away from an entire group of people and it's like obviously not just my tribes it just happened all across canada you're essentially removing their understanding of like sex and sexuality because we now have to adopt english and when we're adopting english um we're adopting what they have given us or or i guess as far as they have thought of um when it comes to like talking about like sexuality uh which was very conservative very much like roles for men roles for women like there was less fluidity around understanding genders um it prescribed a lot of roles that didn't necessarily exist um pre-colonization um but definitely happened throughout that period um and and i've explored and seen like the ways in which like gender diverse folks had particularly like um experienced some really terrible things like throughout that time period so of course we started to think about things in a more binary perspective even though a lot of indigenous languages um don't even have like pronouns like he or him or she or her like pronouns for us are like you and me um mm-hmm. so how do we explain the fact that like there are ways to describe people who are in third gender um, and people who have roles outside of what we understand as man and woman in the binary. Um, how do we explain uh, and understand that? Why do these things exist within our, our indigenous languages? Uh, but how can this be colonial if this existed in our languages? So I definitely like have had my share of like older indigenous folks try to tell me, um, you know, like talking about like gender fluidity is um, is a result of like colonization, though it's not that at all. Um, it's actually the opposite. It's the being in those uh, spaces that had caused that harm and that adoption of a language that was not ours that really pushed this t- like this really harmful narrative um, that like we shouldn't be able to talk about. Um, gender and sexuality more freely even though like communities pre-colonization were definitely not conservative in the ways that they are now um, when we Mm -hmm. talk about these things yeah the removal the removal of language definitely was a huge removal in culture and like westernization and colonialization like knew what they were doing with that for sure um there was definitely a way in, you know, within Canada, within, you know, Turtle Island, contiguous 48, you know, what have you, wherever, wherever we are, there's definitely a different understanding before. Um, and it's hard to, it's hard to talk about sexuality in the same way when you can't even speak in your own language, <laughs> you know, and so having to go through everything and like, I feel like it's a bit of like, not a bit, it's a lot of relearning unfortunately at this point for our generation and even the generation before us um because the generation before us was the generation that was taken away that was in boarding schools and, and things like that so i feel like sometimes there is also like an internalized like homophobia and and harshness within that older generation because it was so beaten out of them Absolutely. because they were so removed and forced to believe in such a different way and so it can be hard bringing in like the the new ideas which aren't even new 
they're just being reintroduced as new. And so we see, they see two spirits sometimes and are like, oh, well, blah, blah, blah. That's this, that, or the other thing. And it's like, no, babe, no, this is how it has been. We just need to relearn what was taken and like what was, you know, shown to us that was wrong. Um, so it's, it's really empowering gaining, gaining all of these, all of these things back. But it is also like, kind of like re-traumatizing for um, just like generational trauma, as well as those older than us that have to kind of like relearn like it's okay. Yeah, definitely. And one of the things that I've like had to come to terms with some of the things that I've like, at least some of the work that I've done the past few years is that there are going to be some folks um, in like older generations who aren't at a place in time and won't be at a place in time where, um, they can learn um, about these things and that's because of like however their life had unfolded and and the things that they had experienced and the harm that was caused um, in the systems that had brought them that kind of pain um, and and being able to act actually actively find um, people and re and divert my energy to um, teaching folks who are at a point in time and feeling ready to have those conversations. Um, and I think a lot of the times, like, I think a lot of the ways in which like, um, like whiteness has taught us to um, try to like fight people who are not ready to talk about those things and waste our energy on people who do not have capacity to talk about those things. But I don't believe in that. I actually like believe that like working smarter, not harder um, in the sense of like, no, I would rather have a person who is at that, like, I'm ready to learn about difficult things. I want to have some conversations that'll be difficult. That's that's like enough for me to to kind of begin that conversation of like, how do we talk about like gender and sexuality then in our communities and ways to like reduce harm Um that a lot of like young two-spirit people do experience within our communities. I thought it was really, I thought it was really interesting what you guys were talking about as far as like, like language imposing, uh, you know, structures. Cause I guess that's not something that I always ever, that you really, I don't know that, yeah. that I think about often just, you know, I, I guess being somebody that's born and raised, you know, here in the States, I, you know, English has kind of just been what I've been surrounded with by, you know, my entire life. And so I don't think about how, you know, restructuring your life and, you know, your, your community in, in a, a language that holds different, like ideals and different structures in place, uh, and how badly that can, that, that, that can change, uh, everything, I suppose, about, about your culture. Um, cause, cause you, you, you mentioned, uh, about not having, uh, the uh, like the terms for he or she in 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 some of the uh, languages it's the same it's the same in tagalog in in in, in uh, filipino uh it, it, sia is 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 he or she it's it's both and you know it, that's just something that i i notice that a lot of native filipinos like mess up you know like they 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 mix up their pronouns a whole lot you know because of that and it's interesting to think of how i guess like having to adopt to a different language can force you to see the world in a different way because of the way the language itself is set up. Well, yeah, I mean, like, language frames a lot Everything, of your existence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's how, well, yeah, it's, it's one just, of the lenses I, of which uh, people see uh, 
and describe and experience the world. world. Yeah. It's well, like, it's it, it's I think it's because it's like I don't know. Like I, I feel like a lot of elements of, of of culture, or at least the culture that you you exist in, can a lot of times be like air. Obviously, you need it. Obviously, it's very important. The way that it is, you know, will alter the way that you are. But like, you don't always think about it because you're so drenched within it, right? Like, I don't actively think about breathing in and breathing out and the quality of the air until something is wrong with it, right? Until something's off or something's different about it. I don't think about, ooh, the air is kind of gross right now, right? But then once you realize yeah. and once you notice that something is off about it, that's whenever you actually start to do it. And so that's why. Oh, shit. I guess what's my inhaler. This was my air is gross moment right now is thinking about how, you know, like adjusting to a different language and, and, you know, like having to adopt not only the language, but the structures baked within that uh, can, can really change, I suppose, like your worldview and the way that you and future generations kind of think about those kinds of ideas, like, a, like a harsh line between he and she versus just having a kind of like a universal that person you, you know and, Them, and, and how, over there exactly yeah. and how much that can change the way that uh everything is framed in your mind you know and so that's uh that's fascinating that's something i never really really thought about so i no, would I just... no sorry you can go ahead no you're good um i would say like english i often will refer and talk to as like a a trickster's language uh, I feel like one thing I've like realized and being committed to like um, finding or committed to like um, building bridges between different communities um, has made me realized is uh, has made me actually look at like the English language um, and realize things like sarcasm do not translate into any other language in a way that is not harmful to them. Um, and a lot of other languages are just very direct and to the point. While in English, we have so many extra words that exist that don't exist in other languages purely to just dance around a subject. Um, and I think about the ways in which like how well, like how colonization even happened um, was definitely like abusing like language barriers between a, someone who had a very direct way of having conversations versus someone who had, who could add a couple of extra words to make something seem like it isn't as is and as like was discussed. So I think that um, that's something to definitely like be to think about um, and how, yeah, like English is, is a really weird language to translate into other languages um they've got all those superfluous u's who needs them explain what 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 are you what are you talking about i don't understand oh you're talking about english like the english using <laughs> use like in color yeah, yeah yeah like why is there why is there an extra u in favor get out of here sorry that was just for me i guess sarcasm though how do you translate sarcasm into other languages because sarcasm is trying to say something without actually having to say it for sure i mean in even things such as simple as like in english yeah no no yeah what do you mean no yeah yeah no yes or no which one you know like some things as simple as that too in english that can just be really misleading um 
sarcasm is hard. I think also not even just, this is a different tangent on its own, not just for other languages, because a lot of languages don't have sarcasm and they are more straightforward, not just indigenous languages, but I mean like other, even like, um, like Latin based languages are more straightforward than English is. Um, and then I forgot where I was going with that. God damn it. I feel like I feel English like is a tricky have... language because it's like derives from so many different sources. Like, yeah, uh, you have like the old school, like Anglo-Saxon and, and Celtic languages that, uh, well, then they got invaded by the French. So then that is probably where they got those dumb use from. And then like the Vikings uh, came over and they had their their stint taking over the Romans. So like it, it's so many different components come in. And just kind of like it's a mishmash of all these different like uh, dad language for lack of a better way of putting it. Like whereas like Spanish has its uh, its origins, obviously like uh, uh, I can't remember. I'm, I'm I had a train of thought, but like the Romantic languages of like France and Italy, and then you have like the Germanic. English has like so many different like uh, influences. It, it's tr it, that's made it like such a tricky language. It just harvests things from a bunch of other ones. Is 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 essentially what it is. Well, you know? yeah, because like like it's yeah. like different different uh, cultures came in, uh, invaded for a bit, left their mark, so to speak, and then left. And then different languages take their turns so it's such so a mishmash of all of uh europe in that sense can i guess what you were going to say and maybe um help you please i need all the help i can get oh uh, no i mean zell i feel like you were probably going to talk about accessibility around like sarcasm and how it doesn't for folks who like have autism yeah, that's absolutely where I was going and yeah. completely, completely lost it. Thank you for reading my mind there. But yeah, I feel like sarcasm is also just hard. Yeah, for people with autism or people who have like a different way of thinking either. And it's not necessarily that it's not understood. It's that it's just it can be understood a different way or used in a different way. Whereas people um, on the spectrum, I think, use it in like a funny way or like a joking way. And I feel like people who aren't kind of use it as like a way to pick on people sometimes or a way to like put people down or like a way to kind of like be a little mean without kind of being mean. Not always, obviously, but like that can be kind of like more the gist of it for sure. Um, yeah. That's actually um one thing that I realized when I was doing like targeted outreach. I did targeted outreach for sexual reproductive health, um, trying to find ways to better uh have conversations of like sexual health, particularly with indigenous folks, um, homelessness, um, youth, people with disabilities, as well as immigrants. And one of the things that I realized, like, in that position is, one, like, I was definitely not being paid enough to to learn um, the very different communication styles that exist in each of these communities. But it also gave me an appreciation and um, love for 
I mean, like, I, I feel like I was the best person for that position because I, I love communication and I am a Gemini. Um, but one of the things that I realized in that, um, in that was that, um, when the ways in which like indigenous people learned best was usually creatively, visually, um, being able to have conversations in like more of a story form, as opposed to like having someone talking at them, um, folks who have disabilities, um, when I was working with the, uh, with that group, um, had the almost, if not identical, uh, ways of learning that indigenous people did. Um, and, and I was able to apply a lot of the methods to like both of, both of those communities and have them into, in the same spaces to be able to learn more, even though conversations of disability is just not really a thing in, in a lot of indigenous communities right now. Uh, so it was interesting to see how both those communities actually learn the exact same way um, and have a lot of similarities. Um, and there are ways that we can actually like create bridges of that kind of knowledge if we are at a point in time and ready uh, for, for that. But um, yeah, every community learned differently. Like I found when I was working with, um, again, like, I mean, I think youth and homelessness, like where like uh, obviously you can be a youth and you can be homeless in all of the three other communities I was a part of. Um, but the, but uh, like the immigrant community definitely had a very different way of learning uh, because most of the, the, the migrants I was working with were, um, ha were, were Muslim. So like being able to learn more about um, Islam was important and, and the teachings that, that are actually a part of like that religion and, and, and being able to actually show that like, yeah, like I value like this relationship, um, to learn more about your community. And, and the, there was almost this like mutual bridge that was created where we would learn about each other's, um, ways of like being like in Canada outside of sexual health entirely um but we were able to have some really deep and complex conversations and I got to learn why like a lot of folks had a lot of fears of like I guess expressing like sexuality here and how that looks different back home and and for them they're nervous about um their young like the young people in their lives like you know being being exposed um to like quote unquote exposed to 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 that because that could cause harm for them if they were back home and and just being able to like sit and listen to things that I feel at a different time in my life I would be like no this is wrong versus like no like I want to actually understand why why it is you think the way that you do because I think that's important if we want to create knowledge that will actually be able to bridge um to to you in a way that it's accessible and I think the way that we communicate with everybody um, requires like a great deal of like investment in in trying to learn more about how people think um, and and take in knowledge and and it's important to be able to actually commit to that to not only build rapport with others um, but generally just to 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 build to build like a proper way to explain like a difficult and I don't mean just like sex and sexuality but anything that could be heavy to another community mm 
For sure. Anything in life in general. And I feel like that kind of, I mean, it, it all goes hand in hand, right? When you're talking about sexuality and, and safety and things like that, obviously these other conversations are going to open up and those are a really great way to bridge a conversation with everybody. And it's really cool that you're able to have those sort of connections with, with migrants and things like that and learn from them and they can learn from you and you can all just kind of come together and, and realize that like this shit's hard, but like we're all here trying to help each other out and, and learn and, and be better for like, not just like ourselves, but like be better for the future generation just because we had to be afraid or because we had to hold back or because we had to conceal parts of ourselves in the past doesn't mean that that's how it has to be now. You know, it's, it's different and we do have more of that freedom now and we should be utilizing that, that freedom that we have now and speaking about it as much as we can so that those freedoms aren't taken away or stepped on again, because it's so, it's so easy to have that disappeared or ripped from us again. And we've worked so hard (laughs) to even get where we are with even just like a small amount of like acceptance and, you know, finally getting some more, um, some more conversations like this happening and having more art installments installments happening and things like that. And um, if we don't continue talking about it and keep like bridging those gaps between different cultures, different communities and different peoples, it, there's no way that it's going to continue progressing the way that it is because there is so much pushback um, from, from outside forces, especially now, you know? I like what both of you guys mentioned there about like, bridging like you know uh, bridging gaps and listening whenever you know even if even if something the other person is 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 talking about is like wildly against you know well your 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 own i suppose headspace or the way that you think about things and things that normally you would probably think yo fuck this like i like i don't i don't want to listen to this because this is this is this is harmful this isn't cool but like trying to understand i suppose where they're coming from because i mean i don't know more or less human beings are human beings right i mean like like there's 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 normally something deeper down that's causing those kind of like outlier you know points of view to happen and finding that kind of like common space of where is that stemming from and then that way you can kind of understand oh that's why it's going off into this path and that way if you are able to re-educate deeper down into like this initial layer then they won't end up in this like really 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 far uh honestly far right you know like decision um or or, or, or point of view yeah because i was i don't know i was i was talking recently with with a friend and i was i was mentioning how you know i have a very close friend of mine that is 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 significantly further right on the ideological scale you know than than, than i am they're like how do you do that i can't talk to people that are republicans like i just can't do it and i'm like you know, people are people. Obviously, if they treat me like shit, then I'm not going to do that. But if somebody's at least coming to the table with like in the intention to speak and to 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 try and understand where I'm coming from, then I want to at least come in with that same level of energy. Um, and you know, there's obviously a difference between somebody that doesn't right. think you you should have rights. Like, obviously, I'm not going to talk to that person. For sure. But you know, if if it's if it's just like a where did where 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 are we coming from those i don't know i think those conversations right. are worth happening and i think it's fine you know it's possible to maintain relationships with with people and that's also how 
I don't know. That's how that's how change happens. That's how you can, you know, like share ideas and get somebody to hopefully start to see things in a way that maybe is more inclusive and and um and less bigoted, you know, in the the way that they see the world. For sure. I mean, Hollow was even bringing that up earlier with something else. It's not necessarily trying to change, you know, the older generation's mind of people who are so set in their ways. It's you know, it's not. It's, we're not trying to waste our energy on people who don't want to hear us, but like. You know, if you've got someone who maybe has a couple of different ideas in you or a different set of ways, but they're open to hearing you, they're open to listening and you're open to listening to them too. Like as long as you're both willing to sit down and see where each other are coming from, it doesn't matter your sexuality, your race, your tribe, your what have you. Like if you're, if you're willing to sit down and listen, like that's someone for sure that, that you can spend and time grow. and energy yeah. on but other than that like it's just not it's just not worth it on a one-to-one -one basis on a larger basis maybe for sure but yeah one person, the, you know, the, the more i'm not saying it's worthless in. in the in the long shot but like on a one like i'm not going to be the one person to change somebody's singular mind unless you know got a real good bit of charisma going through me rolling out 20 or roll me a 20 yeah nerds just a bunch of fucking nerds Do I, <laughs> I say a... as earlier i was helping zell make a character sheet for a tabletop game that i'm running so i mean like i can't really say and anything created but... all the rules and people for and i've been working on since childhood but we're the yeah. nerds yeah you guys are nerds not me it's just my homebrew. No, I played a sport today. I'll have you know. Ooh, look at you, Mr. Sportsy Man. Mm, no, it was artificial, but turf. Yeah, yeah. I touched some turf. There you go. Perfect. Did a run, kick a ball. I hate how turf feels. I'm not a fan of the way. Like, yeah. Sorry, that's that's so far from what we're talking about. But I fucking hate how turf feels. It's just an unpleasant. It wouldn't sensation. be this show if we didn't do at least we never one get little off topic. Yeah, not once. Completely not once off, topic. off topic. How do you feel about Thanks. turf hollow? Yeah, what's your take on turf? I don't even know turf? what that is. Plastic grass? Astro turf? Yeah, oh, like 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 fake grass. grass. Um, it's uncomfortable. It's exceptionally uncomfortable, right? Like it feels oh, well, like shards like, of plastic. It, I was gonna say it's prickly. It's, and I appreciate like a nice hill to like relax in the grass on, but turf is just not it. Agreed. I feel like uh, turf burns hurt way worse than uh, like like Ooh. like actual like grass, grass and dirt, burn. you know. Well, they have those yeah. little um, even like it's like sand, but it's thicker. For it's like those of you that pellets. are listening and not watching, uh, Slurp, when describing sand, just did a hand motion like smoking a joint. So I don't know what that means. <laughs> and that's not a thing I'm familiar with. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> smoking the joint. I don't know how you do that. Of course not. You yeah, I've to, never you know, done that. Never smoked never a smoke. Definitely a weed. not right before coming on. <laughs> Shout out to one of our Patreon listeners that was there. Oh, good. Excellent. <laughs> Hot damn. All right. Well, we've covered a lot of ground. Is there anything that um, you wanted to discuss, Hollow, that we uh, we were not able to uh, to touch on? I mean, probably a lot. Probably a lot. That's fair. We we did. We get, get scattered. But a lot. If you had three yeah. minutes, what would you say? 
<laughs> if I had three minutes, uh, I would say I need to use the bathroom again. <laughs> That's fine. We can take we can take take three, yeah, okay. and then you can come back and you have another three minutes to. to... Okay. All right. Fine. Fine. I'll think. Yeah. Well, I want to drink as well. So right, let's get a drink. Think. All right. Yeah. Future Sean, uh, this is a break. Edit point. Edit point, future Sean. I was just doing the edit point for you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, I, I heard it through the thing. I just heard my name. I was like, edit point, future Sean. <laughs> ah, that's very thoughtful for future Sean. Future Sean says thank you. Aw, I love you, future Sean. Yeah. He and future Sean. He, he, oh, we both feel fondly of you as well. <laughs> you got a nice cock, future Sean. <laughs> What's up? I said you have a nice cock, future Sean. Not current, Sean. I don't no, like your no, dick no, no, right no. now. No, it's I don't like your dick right isn't now. good right now. But future Sean, but in a few days it'll dick. be great. Nice cock, future Sean. Uh, yeah, real sick. <laughs> Welcome back. They both went pee and or to get drinks. Fucking stairs. We talked a lot about Slurp's dick too, so that was cool. So you talked a lot about Slurp's dick. Uh, we can mean both me and Slurp. It doesn't necessarily include you. We is I'm excluding myself. I was not talking about Slurp stick. <laughs> All right. Thank you for clarifying. So Slurp stick, huh? Okay. All right. There it is. I don't... <laughs> Things are coming to hang out, Hollow. <laughs> yeah, of course. I guess a good time. I would say who I am at 11 p.m. does not reflect who I am at 9 a.m. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I it is very late. I feel like that's most people. I feel like that's understandable. Yeah, I'm much fonder of 11 p.m. me than 9 a.m. me is a real bitch. Yeah, Zell too. Excuse you. What you say it all the time? Am I not allowed I'm to say to it? Say it. <laughs> yeah, I'm allowed to say that's it. how that like, works. You literally if I say it, you can follow. That. That's terrible. Like, yes. That is terrible. You can't just call. I I, if I say it, you can that. agree, but you can't just say it. Yeah, I true. live with you. I feel like I'm allowed to say it. I feel. No. <laughs> Was that no, on the? That doesn't give agreement? you any rights. Living with someone does not give you rights to say something. So that is I not yours check... to share. I would check the the living agreement. Make sure he didn't sneak that in. Yeah, the living agreement says nothing about you being allowed to call me a bitch. I didn't call you a bitch. I just said you were mean. <laughs> Roll it back. Anyway, the welcome back from the editor, break. Me, uh, see what Turtle actually said. Eleven p.m. Me then. Nine a.m. Me is a real bitch. Yeah, Zell too. Excuse you. I talked about your cock a lot is what happens. Like, well, you can play that. Oh, while I was gone more? No, just to you. I talked oh, about yeah. liking your, your future dick. Yeah, but not my present one. Right, yeah, like your cyberpunk you dick, gone. you know? Okay, I hope Everyone you guys are saying the cyberpunk dick. Not Every, I, I don't know what that means. I never saw the cyberpunk dicks. I heard about them. 
I just I just messaged a bunch of people because there was a, a cute little hentai drawing of a robot fucking somebody, and I said that I wanted glow in the dark jizz like a like a robot because I thought you could do really that cool. in the cyberpunk universe. I know it's amazing. It's fantastic. You could have um, an air conditioner to make sure your balls don't sweat. Apparently, right? That's that's what all my friends who are playing like cyberpunk keep telling me. In your pants, yeah. or yeah, in your pants, just like. Pants AC or or maybe built in. What if yeah. you get like a ball hair stuck in it though, and you just get ball scalped? Belt. I mean, I feel like in this universe, you just won't have hair because you don't need it. You can just get anything taken. But what if you yeah. want hair? Not everybody wants to be. Then hairless. you don't. You probably wouldn't get the ball cooler then. But I mean, like you, you want like, the those ball are mutual... cooler if you had the hair. Like I that. think we, if you have currently hair, you we have hair and no ball cooler, right? Like that's that's the reality. Yeah, so of the world there's something now. that's that needs to be sacrificed in order to advance human evolution. Yeah, it's I'm okay with hair? sacrificing my ball hair. That's fine. I'm okay with it too. I'm 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 totally okay with sacrificing the ball hair. I'm not anti or pro ball hair. I'll sacrifice it. It's not mine to give or take. Ball hair this is like I, a smooth ball. Balls are so soft. Why are they well, so see, that's soft? the thing, right? Like, I'm I like 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 pubes on like the pubic mound. Like, I'm okay. Like, those are fine. You know, like right. I'm okay with those. Now, this um, is the every, kind of detour this show. Yeah, normally <laughs> does. This pubes, is relevant. Uh, yeah, on my balls. I've never <laughs> been like I'm happy. There's hair on my balls. You know what I mean? There's not yeah. one time I've been or have I ever had any partner that's been like I love the hair on your balls i've had some of those listeners uh past lovers of turtle uh call in if you (laughs) do not do not tell my past lovers to call (laughs) you uh you have my uh you could probably find my information i guess probably i'm bad at answering things but try i was about to say you're actually very like uh uh, not present online yeah you're you were hard to reach both just like personally and also as an online person I texted you back earlier today. What what are you talking about? A rarity. A rarity. (laughs) I usually text back. And then when I was getting the Zoom open, it was being difficult. And then I couldn't get on my Discord because that was also my computer was just being naughty. Uh, Right. What a naughty little slut of a PC. If someone messages me and you're one of Turtle's lovers, I, I will make a priority to answer that. So we can have you zoom crash the show. Perfect. The one nice thing someone has said about my pubes is uh, one of them said that they were remarkably straighter than than previous spray people that they've been with. I was like, what does that? I don't I have no I, I cool. I thanks, I guess. But Not like that's really, that's that's as much. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's because I'm Asian. I got really straight hair. I didn't think it applied to my pubes, too. But, you know, I guess comparatively. Cool, I guess. Neat. Um, yeah. I've never complimented my pubes. I want like a nice furry vag to bury <laughs> my face in. All right, I'm sorry. We're getting off topic. Don't I don't want to like all. nuzzle my face in something. Like, that just we'll, sounds you know? like a lovely, nice little One of Zell's previous lovers called in the shows and compliment her pubes. Yeah, they would say she didn't have any, so that's probably oh. why I didn't get any compliments on it. See, there you go. That's they, but they I still can want com- them. They could compliment the lack thereof. That's true. Right. That's I mean, true. They could. they could. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm just inviting all of my co-hosts, past lovers, to call in. Oh, I would really rather not. Same. 
Hey, any of mine, if you're listening, that's fine too. You can call in as well. It's got to be equal. Oh, look at you. How kind. Okay, uh, back on track. Um, was there anything else that you wanted to chat about, Hollow, before before we uh, hung up the... Don't feel, more than don't three before we hung up the three-minute than... either. Take as long as you want. Yeah, you're um, good. We all peed. We have drinks. I'm not going to get the stopwatch out. <laughs> all right, so I think um, one of the things I wanted to focus on is... Um, how when we're talking about something like a decoloni- decolonization, especially in the realms of like sex and sexuality, I think um we can we can agree that um the topic of de- decolonization can feel incredibly intimidating to understand, uh, as well as something that can we can possibly like work towards. I think it requires a great amount of change, like not only within ourselves, uh, but is something that does take a quite, like quite a bit of time. Um, if you're going to like define decolonization of of like sexuality, like if we were to like look it up in like Webster, how would you define that? Just for anybody think, who's like trying to like wrap their head around it. Oh, like decolonizing generally or just like decolonizing sexual health or... sexuality not decolon- oh yeah, yeah okay if, if someone doesn't so, know about decolonization my god yeah, please google it jesus christ say, uh, <laughs> i was gonna say yeah i think it means like culturally like competent um intersectional um inclusive like harm reduction and like holistic ways to thinking about like sexuality as well as care so being intentional about the ways we think about history, being intentional about the ways um, in which we think about trauma and how like trauma is definitely a result of like colonial violence in in many ways when we're talking about this um, and understanding that will give us a better, um, I guess, like gate to understanding like what does like decolonial like sex education look like? Or thinking about, like, what does, you know, talking about sexual health look like um, in a way and how to make that more accessible to um, folks who have, like, been impacted by, like, colonization. And this isn't just, like, Indigenous people who have been impacted by colonization. It's literally every community worldwide, globally, that has been impacted by colonization. Granted, colonialism will look and play out differently in... Um, different you know places worldwide and we can see that in the current news um how you know there there are ways in which like colonization is just brutally done i think it's a brutal process regardless um but it will play yeah, out it's differently never, it's, it's never, never it's never a lovely it's, thing yeah, it's always no. brutal and it's disgusting. brutal whether it's fast whether it's slow um is really the only variant um so like when we think about that I think understanding the culture in which is being impacted um, is incredibly important. Being intersectional um, is incredibly important. Um, I think about harm reduction a lot because um, I think it's 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 hard to talk about anything within uh, my own culture, particularly without thinking about harm reduction, knowing that my my community um, particularly struggles a lot with addictions. So like, how do we think about these things? Like 
addiction is a symptom of something that is that that has happened um as opposed to it just being this individual thing that exists and it's a symptom of trauma yes it's a symptom of trauma uh so these are things that i think about when we're talking about like sex education like why is there a lot of sexual violence within indigenous communities and really looking at the roots of that i think it's important to understand the why before we make assumptions and do the typical like what i see a lot of like healthcare providers doing is like very um prescriptive and typical like victim blaming of people who do not deserve that kind of victim blaming um either so um i've worked in healthcare for quite a number of years and the ways in which like i worked with folks who just have zero understanding of what the harms and the current harms that happen to indigenous women in particular within the healthcare system um and go through it is just shocking to me like we literally like when I was working at a plant at a Planned Parenthood, um, there were cases, and that wasn't like that that long ago, like maybe four years, four or five years, like that it's been since I've worked there. In my time there, we were actively hearing about indigenous women who were getting forced tubal litigation um imposed against them and without their consent or coerced into those decisions. And when I uh, worked in um a few of the like indigenous um like youth youth uh shelters a condition for the women to be able to leave that youth shelter was that she get depopervera and if you don't know what depopervera is that's the shot and that that is like you can't undo it once you have it it is incredibly hard on the body I've had uh, it once and it fucked me it, up. It, yeah, so that, that is the typical like response to people who have taken Depper Brevera. That should not be like a, at any under any circumstance that should not be a requirement to leaving a shelter. Any sort of reproductive agreement upon leaving is a human rights violation. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so many of them just said like, yeah, I got my, my depot shot and I'm going to be able to leave soon. I'm like, that's this is literally like the 20th century and we're you're talking about needing a shot to be able to leave that is well and it's up. so pushed it's so pushed upon people to get the depot shot too and you're not even you're not even supposed to have the depot shot for a long period of time the depot shot is supposed to be something that you use short term and then you switch to something else if you look up the harm that it does over time not even just like the initial harm because one shot once it's in it's in and you just have to wait for that yeah, shit to you work have to its wait, way out to i for lack of a better word was fucking insane like i I, yep. I was insane i lost it i was i was not in control of myself my emotions like it was nothing that i ever should have gotten but it was something that was definitely pushed upon us um, and was seen as like the best option because you're not going to forget about it. And it's so easy and you can just come back once every three months and just do this when it's one of the more harmful ones that you could possibly get. And one of the more dangerous ones for mental health, and especially with a community that is already struggling with mental health, is the last thing that should be being pushed on young people Um and even just birth control in general is such a hard thing. Like I understand having it available, but the amount of times that it is pushed on people for like, oh, for, for, for just like really simple things, I think it's definitely overprescribed. I was on 
birth control at a young age, like before I was even like sexually involved with anybody, because that was just something that was like done as like a, an answer to anything. Right. So definitely. I also like some of the people are like the young women that I was talking to, like in, you know, these situations are just like, I'm queer. And those people that like who took the like that depot shot, like they're married to a woman presently. And like the fact that like that was a condition for that person to make that like choice against their body, even though they're like, I'm literally not going to use this nor need it right it's just like no you it's like clearly the system does not care about this person's body it's a temporary forced sterilization it is it's just temporary forced sterilization because they can't in their current state force us to get a full hysterectomy or a tubal ligation at that moment but that doesn't mean it's not still happening in other places currently because it absolutely is just not at this one particular shelter and it's it sucks it sucks that any of this is even happening and that there has to be different situations and different communities that are set up just for indigenous women like mmiw and things like that because it is such an, an an issue with with indigenous women not only dealing with the repercussions of having to get out of situations like this and getting a shot against their will, but then also being missing, being taken and being trafficked and things like that too. Like it's just, there's a lot going on and it just seems that there's not like a lot of eyes on any of it either. And if if the little girl's not white, they just don't seem to care. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just, it, and it sucks. And, and it like- sucks. And to say something like that, people don't want to hear it. Definitely. It's- they don't want to hear it but it's it's the the fact of of the matter i think like the extra layer that i often see within indigenous communities as well when we're talking about mmiw is that i definitely think that the current statistics that we see that are represented within mmiw are not correct because we it's are reported yeah it, it it's underreported and we're not accurately reporting like trans women who have also absolutely like, yeah yeah so there's often, they're completely I, yeah, removing they're, they're, them they're, yeah yeah they're completely removing trans women indigenous trans women from these statistics which i think is not only incredibly transphobic but yes. it's just like overall fucked up in, in and dehumanizing the data, and it's dehumanizing and oftentimes like and again this go- goes back to like the the issues that we're talking about is like many of our communities have been impacted um by religion that has not been ours uh, but have you know they've taken taken it on um, because of circumstances uh, within residential schools within uh, like throughout the '60s scoop um, people the, the are like my parents' generation and my grandparents' were g- generation were beaten to the point of like you have to believe in this or like you're like anti-religion. So I find within indigenous communities you all you, usually it's like you get a family that's either extremely religious or anti-religious like yeah. it's almost like there's no in between like and, and i grew up in the anti-religious air it, it like i guess like household right um, but i have friends who grew up in the very religious households i'm on and, that side yeah and 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 i definitely can understand and and i respect too like i know that people uh, I, I not people but I know that there has been like bastardization of like the original teachings of like religion and people have twisted it to like be like man's will 
and things like that. But it ha- is a religion that has caused harm in indigenous communities, particularly towards queer and trans indigenous folks. Um, and we can see that within you, like the numbers reflected within MMIW. We can see that within the high um, suicide rate of young indigenous people who are queer and trans in our communities. Mm-hmm. Um, and generally the lack of knowledge that exists. Like I grew up in an urban area and I strongly feel that, you know, I, I'm privileged to be in a city. I'm very lucky to have access to understanding queer and transness, but there is at no point in time in any of the indigenous, like settings that I had been in, which that's pretty much what I grew up in. At no point in time we ever talked about gender and sexuality. These were things that I had to like go into like white communities to understand more. And like since then, like finding out how to like bring that information back into communities has like always been my goal. Uh, But it hasn't been without losing really brilliant two-spirit people to the process. And that's just a reality. Like I've lost really good friends because really religious like grandparents in those communities made them make choices about you know their identity it's this or that yeah this or that it's just like and and their life took a very different turn when they did not have access to these resources it sucks because they're so traumatized that way because like i obviously can't speak for myself but like like my grandmother who was in these hers was a boarding school is what it was called um but it was it was the same thing, taken from her family, forced to learn English, not allowed to practice any of her own ceremonies, speak any of her own language, do any of her own stuff, um, to the point where, like, when she died, she was the part of six different churches. And I don't know what that says other than re- religious trauma, you know, like, to be an active member of so many churches because of this great fear. And I can't imagine, like, what she went through to, like, be so afraid to, like, be praying to God in multiple places under multiple religions, trying, like, so hard. Like, that breaks my heart. And knowing that, like, that's not how it had to be ever, you know? and like. And like, that's how she lived her life, which is going to church every single day. And sometimes she'd go to church three or four times a day, going to different groups and things like that. And like, that's, um, that's a direct result of all of those, uh, all of those teachings and and that fear that is instilled in them, you know, to the point where, so like, she went to a lot. So my dad didn't go. And so then she made me go. So it was like, a lot of fun a lot of fun religion but no religion sort of things and you know being with our culture but then balancing that with like christianity somehow and it like never made a lot of sense because she was uh because she was just so much about like our culture and things but then she would spout this like other religious stuff and it's like that makes no sense with what you were saying five seconds ago like yeah, I found there's almost like this hybrid thing that like I've seen in so many different communities of like the culture mixed with like Christianity yeah. and it never made sense to me. But like I see so many of like my friends' grandparents who push that and then and then like that in turn creates this like divide because it's like my my friend's grandma 
um, was very much she she's Cree and she was very much like I a religious like a heavily religious Cree woman who believed in her culture as well as her teachings, mm-hmm. and then her like when she had her child like that child then did not teach Cree to her like she's a fluent speaker she did not teach Cree to her children who are like my friends and in from my generation, and that's a result of like what happens when you grow up in a household that you're getting really mixed messaging that is extremely harmful. And also like this person is also like a residential school survivor too. So like if there's that extra layer of like your grant, your parents like going to residential school and then you literally repeating that process and, and you now being anti-religious and refusing to teach like your children, religion and your language. Right. And so there's a whole back of everything. And so then, and then you end up with our generation who is lost and confused and trying to reconnect. And it's not their fault. You know, the, none of this blame obviously is on them. It's not their fault that they're traumatized and that they had to go through all of this. They dealt with it as best as they could. You know, they they did what they could with what they were given. They They went through it. But unfortunately, it does fall like on us and like the generation after us to kind of pick up the pieces keep everything going you know and 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 to bring everything back we're in times where that next generation is now talking shit about us yeah which i think is fair like again like one of the things i I don't want to like yeah one of the things i don't want to do is like one of the ways in which like i noticed what didn't happen within like communities that i was a part of was like that intergenerational learning uh, between like you know my generation and like the previous generation it was all always this like resentment for anything I had it's like I did all of these things so you could have a good life like my parents would always exactly. say that I'm like yeah. I didn't ask to be born listen you, like you do you think I me. wanted to be I, here I, I like, would have been I okay. yeah I would have been okay I hey, if been we okay. did a vote I wouldn't on have the known abortion I'm like, I would have been fine. I'm like, you clearly had like one, like, I mean, I hate to say this, but like my, you know, my, one of my parents had an abortion previously. So it's like not absurd to be like, you know, you could have done that with me instead of holding over my head that I'm living today. And you did these things for me. Like, I get it, I guess. But like, I did not ask for any of this. Um, But like, that kind of resentment is something I want to really like take away. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to be a person who is just like these little fucking shits from the next generation, even though I have definitely been guilty of doing that. They're very different, but I don't think I need to be afraid of the differences. And I think that's also like important when we talk about these things too, because I think it's important to know that it's possible to learn from people who are younger than you and that they are experts of their own experiences. And there is nothing that I can do or say that will, you know, change their current experiences because they're actually going through it. It really fucking sucks to inherit a -hmm. life that is really good. That is like possibly going to be cut short because of what our parents and grandparents generations had done. Absolutely. I can't imagine being a fucking kid right now. So I give them, I give them a lot of credit. And honestly, they're, they're fucking champions. I've seen them protest. I've seen them fight for what they care for. Like, honestly, I'm, I'm really excited for this next generation. I don't care how much they want to talk shit on me. Like, 
I'm like, listen, I probably deserve it. Awkward, like, yeah, I probably I'm like, deserve I'm like, it. If you're, if you're, I'm like, if you're talking shit about me, I definitely deserve it. I'm open right. to it. Please, just exactly. do, it, do, it. do it. Tell me when tell me, they start dealing with their younger generations, they'll be like, oh no, you guys are all right. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, we we get it now. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. I'd rather just yeah. Tell me that's the passage of time. In it. Tell me what I need to do. How can I help? And like, I feel like this next generation is gonna be the one to help us. With you know revolution and just yeah, they're they're not afraid. Yeah. They do things in such a different way. Like, mm-hmm. well, because they've been in it witnessed. the whole time. You know what exactly. I mean? Like, there's, there's, Yo, yeah. listen, their trolling is next level. Like, I've seen some yeah. of the trolls, like the Gen Z trolls. Like one of them I saw on TikTok. When someone trolls them online, they get a tattoo on their body of that person. I'm sure you you know who I'm talking about i know exactly no, who you're but talking. i'm famously I, I, I was shocked account banned. i was shocked yeah they got their account banned i was in shock but i'm like this is genius this is, is. genius it i would is. never have thought about this i'm like this person is a genius yeah so i'm but so damn. behind them i'm so behind them i'm ready for them like as soon as they say like arms up i'm here with them you know as soon as they're like yeah. revolt starting now i'm like all right I'm let's like, go all right ahead. All right, I'm like, gonna be yeah, marching behind you. Absolutely, like we're tired. Just like... <laughs> we're tired. And it's important, we're old, but we're we'll answer the call. You know, you plan <laughs> and it's it. Important. We're there. And it's important that we like we also notice and that we call out because as like a or like I guess like middle millennial, mid, yeah. Mid, mid, yeah, middle millennial that that I am. Um, Whatever, I yeah. I see a lot of our age group a lot of our generation you know already reverting to you know like oh these fucking kids don't know what they're talking about or all this you know kind of stuff and i call them out i'm like you're being real old right now you know what i mean like you like you're 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 absolutely using the same okay, talking boomer. that our generation that our uh, uh, our parents generations used against us without even realizing it you know and so like every time you know even with like the micro things even with the small things of just like oh i can't believe they don't know about whatever and it's like shut up you didn't know about your parents or whatever you know what i mean like it, it's 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 this like really just like this this built-in notion of like oh these young kids don't understand it's like you don't understand how quickly you have become your parents and you need to take note of that and shut the fuck up and let young people be young people but nah, it's cool for me exactly. to do because my parents are chill oh yeah oh yeah you can become <laughs> your parents your parents are cool as shit i like your parents but, but like yeah. no let young people be young people i like that you i like that i love that because let the fucking kids be kids let them fuck up let them be cringe let them like i let them say that i'm cringe let them make fun of me like it's Ooh, yeah. they're gonna realize in the next five ten years we're all on the same page we're all in this together, fucking high school musical. It's gonna be all right. Never saw that. Yeah. I didn't either, but I figured I'd quote it's it. After my time. Maybe it's they'll get it. I don't know. It's iconic. It's iconic. And it was uh I think I was like just a, a year too old to to be yeah. watching Disney Channel when that came out. I definitely well. did it in secret for sure, because I was at the age where I'm like, yeah, this is something. Well, my yeah, is. at this point, it's like <laughs> uh, just by a few. You're like, I, I, I kind of dipped out towards the beginning of Kim Possible. Fair. Oh yeah, I love Kim Possible. Well, yeah, that was one of your gay awakenings. So yeah, that makes sense. She <laughs> go. Yeah, I know. Um, cool. Well, <laughs> we have covered a lot of ground. Uh, Hollow, thank you so much for coming to hang out. Definitely want to have you back here because I feel like we could talk for a good forever on this. 
Absolutely. Good shit. Um, Part Hollow, would two you like to, uh, coming pl- eventually. Perfect. Would what? you like to plug anything where people want to, uh, where, where you would like for people to find you or anything? No, I'm good. Uh, if you need to find me, just contact Zell and Zell will put you in, in communication with me. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, yes. Hi, I'm Hollow Sloth's agent. <laughs> Um, if you would like to get in talk, uh, that's get in not talk? what I meant. Perfect. That's not what I meant. If you need <laughs> to get in contact with me, perfect. Excelente. Well, uh, slurp. Any plugs? Yeah, go find the episodes of Risky Whiskey where I was dead. Oh, I don't. Okay. <laughs> All right, fair enough. There's that. Archive.org. Uh, <laughs> only the episodes where I was dead. Oh, okay. Got it. Perfect. But you can okay. also listen to the one where I become the devil. Uh, oh, okay. I was on like two episodes of Risky Whiskey. Go find those two then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Zell? Uh, yeah, you can uh, find me on twitch.tv slash Celestia. Uh, or you can find me at... Um agency.hollowsloth at gmail.com to uh, get in touch (laughs) to make an appointment with hollow Um, I just mean you would give my email if someone really (laughs) needed it if someone really needs my email she's just being a sass now because she has the opportunity to when she has Uh, the opening she's going to take it I can't believe I gave her that you know what that's it all right. Uh, and I'm Turtle Pig. You can find me at turtlepigproductions.com. Uh, Hollow, thank you again. And uh, cheers, everyone. Cheers. Oh, dang. I'm the only one without a pass. Loser. Damn. <laughs> rude. What are... <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Zell, you yeah. know beer get is wrecked. like my biggest gout trigger. Yeah. Do you want me to get gout again? <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. Well, there you go. There it is. Yes, there's All the right. answer. So I'm, I'm going to go get, get some get some gout ribbon and then I'm going to get gout in my foot again. <laughs> Perfect. Cool. There you go. You're getting gangrene from PBR? <laughs> no, no. Oh, no. Maybe. I don't know. The doctor <laughs> told me it was gout. I really don't want you to get gout. Don't drink PBR if it gouts you. I just beer <laughs> beer gouts me. Oh, that's a chainsaw and a vagina. All right. Uh thanks guys. Excuse uh, I'm me? gonna <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>